Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. First story, biggest story, the story I delayed the podcast for last night, August 29th, starting at, I believe, 7.30 p.m., the end of the line match card. Five matches, all for championships. As part of the the end-of-the-line promotion, there was a sale on Supershowthegame.com. Everything on the website, with the exception of the Create-A-Card, Create-A-Competitor, all of those type items, everything on the website was 10% off if you used the coupon code END-OF-THE-LINE, all one word, no spaces, at checkout. That sale is supposed to be over right now. If you do want to purchase something, you're hearing about this for the first time, you might as well try it out. Worst that could happen is it doesn't work. But five matches on the card, I'm going to go through them in the order they air. I'm going to give you as much information as I can. There were a lot of technical difficulties during the stream. So some matches we only saw one person playing for a while because their screen was frozen. Jeff Fox was doing a lot behind the scenes to try to keep everything working. Just the technology was not cooperating with him. Both he and the general manager, John Calais, were on commentary for most of the night. Although I believe that the Shadow Phoenix EV Fresh was on hand for the first match which I'll talk about now. The first match of the night was a match for the Hardcore Championship. The champion Eddie Fury, playing as Eddie Fury, was challenged by Kirk Polka using EC3. This match was a Lumberjack match, a little unusual because it's not a hardcore stipulation. And in some ways, it benefits Eddie Fury more than the challenger Kirk Polka. Lumberjack matches do not have finish roll boosts on the crowd meter. So you can never roll an 11 or 12 unless you have a finish or some other cards in play that give you a skill value of 11 or 12. The special finish with Lumberjack matches are, I believe, if you end the turn and you have no cards in hand, you lose the match. During the match, there is no discard pile. When cards would be discarded, they are instead buried. And so the goal is to try to get either a pinfall or submission win or have your opponent end their turn with no cards in hand. This match went very deep, went all the way to crowd meter 5, which helps Eddie Fury because it turns his 5 into a 10 through his gimmick. And in the end, Eddie Fury was able to hit the finish, and even if Kirk Polka had kicked out, 
he would have ended the turn with no cards in hand and lost. So Eddie Fury retains. He is still the LFF Hardcore Champion. That was the first match. Next match, the United States Championship. No stipulations here, but the United States Championship can change hands on a disqualification or a countout. So that is always there. This match saw the Harm City hitman, Andrew Mechie, as the champion, defending against the Grump Danny Thunder. The Grump got his shot by winning a contenders tournament for the United States Championship. He was using the second version of the general manager, John Calais. The Harm City hitman was using Big Bad Bobby D. And what ended up being a very short match, the Grump hits his finish at crowd meter zero and wins. The Grump is the new LFF United States champion. Third match of the night. The new underworld champion coming in. This is his first offense, Loudmouth Leo Larynx. Faces off against the ring general, Anthony Perry. Anthony Perry won his shot at the Underworld match by beating James Booker in a contenders match at Pixel Palace Pandemonium Part Due earlier this month. Loudmouth was using the hypnotist Hans Mesmer. The cannoli was using Naito, one of the new New Japan Pro Wrestling competitors. This was also a relatively short match at crowd meter one. Anthony Perry wins. He is the new LFF Underworld Champion. Third match of the night so far. Two new champions. The fourth match. The Tornado Tag Team Championship. Brian Waitfort Schmidt, who is the champion with the Kings of Crime, must defend against Mysterious. Mysterious is using the Masters of Mystery. Mysterious got this shot at the Tornado Tag Team Championship because her faction, the Higher Class, won Faction Wars, and she was given a shot at the Tornado Tag Championship. This was a much longer match. It went to crowd meter four. In the end, the winner... And new champion, Mysterious. So, we have a new U.S. champion, Underworld champion, and Tornado Tag Team champion so far in this night. The Hardcore champion retained. And now we come to the big one, the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. John Polverino, the champion with John P., John Press 1P faces off against former Deep South champion Hold the Line Harry using Mila Mai, the competitor he was Deep South champion with for so long. This match was a two out of three falls match. The first competitor to win two matches wins the championship. Right away, this starts off with a controversial twist. The general manager, John Clace, decides, as a result of 
John Pulverino throwing him in a pool after his last championship defense against the Grump. The general manager awards Hold the Line Harry the first fall. So Hold the Line Harry only has to win one match to become the new LFF World Heavyweight Champion. John Pulverino must win two to retain. We start off then with the second fall. John Pulverino ends up winning the second fall at crowd meter one. So it goes to the third fall, sudden death, winner take all. A little bit of a longer match here. This whole match card went deeper into the night past 11 p.m. The winner at crowd meter three and still the LFF World Heavyweight Champion, John Pulverino, once again overcomes the disadvantage, overcomes the odds, and remains the big champion of the legendary fighting federation. At this point, there are no plans that we know of for what's going to be next for John or any of the other champions, but congratulations to all of the winners, and congratulations to those who still made the matches. It is an accomplishment just to get that far. That was the big end-of-the-line match card and the top story for this week. Some other championship news. I don't do this very often, but I'll report on my own local territory, Buckeye Championship Wrestling. There were two championships defended Saturday. The first was the Pixel Palace Championship. The champion going in was 12 Grap Matt. He was defending against Colin Simon, and he successfully defended. He's still the Pixel Palace champion. The other match was for the BCW Championship. The champion going in was Colin Simon. The challenger was Keith Overby. The winner, Keith Overby, he's the new BCW champion. And finally, this is only somewhat related, there was a match for the Midwest Coast Championship Sunday night. I don't have all of the information on the Midwest Coast Championship. I know that the match was recorded. I know that Finland was the champion going in with Finland, I believe. I don't know what the other competitors were playing. I know it was a triad match with Nick Masters, The Walking Disaster, and Keith Overby as the two challengers for the Midwest Coast Championship. And I know that the winner and new Midwest Coast Champion is Nick Masters. The Walking Disaster Nick Masters, one half of Girthquake, is the new Midwest Coast Champion. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to Finland on a great run as champion. And that, as far as I know, is the championship news from this past week. The next thing I want to talk about is the upcoming conventions. We know that in September, there's going to be Gen Con. We know that later that month, end of September, beginning of October, is Origins. They've announced PAX Unplugged, which I believe is in December. But before any of that... SRG has announced they will be at Kineticon, or Connecticon, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but 
It's a convention in Hartford, Connecticut, running from September 9th through September 12th. Although it looks like that September 9th, which is a Thursday, is going to be badge pickup only. I'm not seeing anything listed. I could be wrong. Check out their website. It is connecticon.org. That is the website for Connecticon. Let me give the information I see. It's going to be three days. There's going to be costume contests, artists, dealers. It's located at the Connecticut Convention Center in Hartford, Connecticut. There are hotels nearby. It's actually connected to the Marriott in downtown Hartford. Pricing. To go for all three days, all weekend, it's a $90 badge. Children are free from what I'm looking at, and there is a military discount. It's only $80 for the military discount. The free child membership is for children 10 and under. Older than that, they have to pay. There are single-day memberships slash passes available. Friday only is $50. Saturday only is $60. Sunday only is $25. And again, there is also a free single-day for child if they are 10 or under. That's the pricing if you want to go. You can register online as of right now. I don't know if that one is going to close, but right now registration is, is online if you want to go register at the website. There's a link. But yeah, three days. SRG Universe will be there for three days. I don't know if any events or tournaments are going to happen. I don't know if there's any play space available. It doesn't necessarily look like it. This looks more like a pop culture expo than a gaming expo, but there might be. Uh, feel free to check that out. They are requiring people to have either vaccination proof or negative COVID test proof. So you do have to have either something showing that you've been fully vaccinated which is, from what I'm reading here, a certain type of vaccine passport or proof you've had your last vaccination dose 14 days before you go to the convention, which I think at this point that's probably too late. Because I think, from what I remember seeing, there's only 10, 11 days. If I go back to the front page of the website, there's actually a counter. Nine days, 19 hours per the website as I'm recording this. So yeah, probably too late if you haven't gotten that done to get it done. You have to have that or you have to show a negative COVID test result issued within less than 48 hours from the time you get your badge. Either one of those will be acceptable for you to go. And there are mask requirements. I'm a little surprised that they're going to this with this uh, degree of you know vaccine proof required, considering they, from what I understand, canceled the lexicon appearance for similar things. So a little of a surprise here, but that's what you need if you want to go to Connecticut or Connecticut. I 
probably Kineticon, but anyway, that's that news on the convention. If you're interested in going, check out the website. It's spelled connecticon.org. It is a dot org. Uh, other news. If you backed the Super Show, the comic Kickstarter, they did issue an update uh, on the 28th. So far, everything is still on track to come out in de December. The first two issues have been completed. They're still working on the spotlights. Those are the uh, competitor bios that are going to be in the comic and the covers. And then they have to go to print. Packaging and shipping supplies are on hand. And production on issues 3 to 5 has started. Nothing is given in the update about how those issues are coming out. If there's going to be another Kickstarter for the next three issues, we will see. But that's what's going on right now with the Kickstarter. And I would say that's the last big story from this week. Some other things. Faction Wars 3 update. At this point, team captains should have sent in what competitor each member of their team is using. The next big Faction Wars 3 deadline is the deck list deadline. September 5th is the deadline for all of the deck lists for all of the six singles competitors, tag, and a trio to be submitted. This will also include the entrance cards that each team member will be using. I believe that the entrance card that you are using you will use for the entire Faction Wars, as well as the spectacle type. You have to specify if you're using Valiant or Newman. I'm not 100% sure if you have to list every Valiant or every Newman spectacle for what you actually are going to be having. I think it's just spectacle type, but check with your captains. They will know for sure. Once all the teams have submitted their deck lists, shortly after that, the general manager will release the tournament format. As I mentioned last week, each match you win in the tournament for your team earns your team one point. And then they will use those points to determine what happens in phase two. The scoring system is simply one point for a win, zero points for a loss. No bonuses to team captains. No negatives for losing. Just plus one if you win, nothing if you lose. The group stage of the Cookies Fortune Contender Tournament. This is the tournament to get a spot in the triad match to determine the winner of the next Cookies Fortune. That tournament is coming close to the deadline for the group stage. The deadline is tomorrow as I record this, August 31st. That is the last day to get your matches played and then submit that to the general manager. I believe it's John Clace at srguniverse.com. One day remaining, and then we'll find out after any sort of tiebreakers that may need to happen who is going on to the top cut of that tournament. Speaking of tournaments, let's go ahead and talk about the tournament results from this past week. We will start with the Sunday night pop-up. 
I don't have all the information on the pop-up, but here are the top four in fourth place from Sunday night's pop-up using the Lucha Maniacal Uberstar, Brian Waitfort Schmidt. In third place, using Chicago's own Colt Cabana, the new version of Colt Cabana, the leader of the Jog Squad, Andrew Treving. In second place, playing as Swaggy D, the man behind the face, Mark Sylvia, and the winner, using Big Bad Bobby D, Chris Pate. That was the Sunday night pop-up tournament. Next tournament, Proving Ground, Monday night. This was the unlimited skill cards stipulation. Normally, you can only play two skill cards in a deck. For this particular tournament, you could play unlimited skill cards. As far as I know, the only stipulation was you had to qualify for them. You had to have a high enough skill to play them. Otherwise, they'd be blank. But unlimited skill cards, again, like a normal proving ground. As far as I know, bullet rounds cut to a top four. The top four were, in fourth place, Johnny Hinkle as Snake Pit. In third place, Chris Pate as Sammy the Draw Callahan. In second place, Tim Riley as the new version of the Beast Michael Kerr. And the winner, playing as Sabu, the hidden threat, Matt Hass. Next week's Proving Ground, every match will have a special guest referee. That special guest referee will be Shugonomics. That was the Monday night Proving Ground results. Thursday night, once again we have Chibi's Thursday Night fights. Group stage to a top cut. There were 24 players in the tournament. Six groups of four. And then the top eight advanced. In the quarterfinal round, all of the matches played were Liger's Den matches. In the semifinal round, all of the matches were tables matches, and the finals, as well as the third place match, were played using the submission match stipulation. In fourth place, using the SRG Baker, Sherry Von Danish, Andrew Mecky. In third place, using the collector, Sean Loeb, the Grump Danny Thunder. The finalists were... The Cannoli Anthony Perry playing as Ryan, and Loudmouth Leo Larynx playing as JP Warhorse. In a match that ended up mirroring their Underworld Championship match, the Cannoli Anthony Perry wins, and he is the winner of this week's Thursday night fights. Friday night. The last tournament from this past week, there's a pop-up singles event. I don't have all of the details, but the top four in the event were in fourth place, playing as Mr. Pop and Twist, the Italian Bombata, Chris Pagillo. In third place, playing as, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, 
Jexy or Jesksy. It's uh, the card based on Jesse Vining, who was one of the Rust Belt players who unfortunately passed about a year ago. But in third place, using that competitor, Andrew Mecky. In second place, playing as the chairman, Sean Spears, relatively new player, Ricardo Rodriguez. And then the winner, playing as the cheetah, the man behind the cheetah, Ian Chambers. Those were the tournament results from this past week. Congratulations to all the winners. Congratulations to everyone who made it deep into the tournaments. And I think the final thing I want to talk about before we go are new releases. First, SRG Universe has posted the competitor card and the finishes for Independent Wrestler Effie. This competitor set is set to debut at Origins Game Fair in a little over a month. And Effie will be on hand Saturday at Origins for autograph signing, so you can pick up your Effie set there and get it signed by Effie himself at Origins Game Fair. If you want to see those, they post them on the SRG Universe Facebook page. Not the SRG Super Show discussion group, the actual SRG Universe Facebook page. The other thing I want to talk about is Ikuzo Super Show. Ikuzo Super Show is a new version of Super Show that's debuting at Gen Con. It's a version that, instead of being based on professional wrestling, is based on anime, fantasy, magic, art-style universe. Recently, they've been releasing what they're calling classes for Ikuzo Super Show. What those classes are are essentially the top two skills for the competitors. So, so far they've released Cyber Class, Goliath Class, Assassin Class, and Summoner Class. Cyber Class competitors have a 10 technique and a 9 submission. Goliath Class, 10 power, 9 grapple. Assassin Class, 10 agility, 9 strike. And Summoner Class, 10 submission, 9 tech. When I see these classes, the first thing it makes me think about are the stops at 13 through 15. There's a few different versions, but I'm just going to give you the basic versions. The basic versions all say something in the following format. If your blank skill is greater than your opponent's blank skill, stop any blank card. At 13... The skill is Agility or Strike, and the card stop is a Grapple. So at 13, you have Kick in the Corner. If your Agility is stronger than your opponent's Agility, stop any Grapple. You have Running Lariat. If your Strike is greater than your opponent's Strike, stop any Grapple. At 14, the two skills are Power or Grapple, and the card type stop is Submission. At 15, it's technique and submission, and the card type stopped is strike. Now, a lot of times players want to basically have a 10 skill and a 9 skill that are in different slots. So if your 10 is agility, 
you don't want your 9 to be strike. You want another skill to be 9 so that you can play a 13 that stops and maybe a 14 or 15 that stops. In these classes, the 10 and the 9 are both occupying the same number. Summoner and Cyber both have the highest skill in the 15 and the second highest skill in the 15. Assassin, highest and second highest in 13. Goliath, highest and second highest in 14. So in the 13 through 15 line, because these will be compatible with normal Super Show, you're only going to be able to run one stop in the 10 and then maybe one in the 8. One of the three in that line will more than likely not be a stop to most players. And I'd argue, because 8 is kind of a nifty skill, you might just be running one stop based on skill in the 13 through 15 line. This makes me wonder if the design of Ikuzo Super Show is going to be more aggressive, if there are going to be less stops in this version of the game than other versions, because they're making that deliberate choice to not let players, at least in this initial run, not let players play a skill stop for the 10 skill and a skill stop for their 9 skill. Both of those are in the same slot. Unless, of course, they throw a curveball and create brand new stops where the technique and the submission aren't in the same number. We'll just have to see. But that's what I thought about looking at the classes they've been releasing as part of Ikuzo Super Show. And with that, that's pretty much going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I am still working on the CCC show. I'm still putting out surveys. Look for another survey to come out soon. There might be one more. I may re-release a couple surveys. If I re-release them, if you've already answered that one, don't answer it again. I'm doing it because of some technical restrictions. But that's going to be it for this week's show. I'd like to thank all of you for listening, and good day.